Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Parenthood Podcast. I'm Amy Laginus, your podcast host and guide to not only surviving, but thriving as a highly sensitive parent. Together, we'll dive into common challenges of highly sensitive parents, hear from other HSPs and empaths about their experiences in parenthood, and learn to honor and celebrate our sensitivity, not only as parents, but as humans. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, great. Um, I'm in Edinburgh and you're in San Diego, uh, right? Yeah. Um, yes, it's beautiful, sunny, like usual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, the sun's just come out as well. So I'm really excited. I'm going to, my friend's visiting from New York. So then we're going to go for a walk and wander around town later as well. Oh. And yeah, I'm really excited to hop onto this call and get started with you too about you know, like everything that we want to talk about, which is about helping to calm the nervous system to yeah. create the soothing sanctuaries that the highly sensitive community and everyone basically needs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's such a necessity. And I know for a while I was, I kind of was under the impression that it was superfluous. It was sort of just this like extra yeah. thing to have like a beautiful space or a soothing space. And it wasn't, um, it was surface. It wasn't, it didn't matter deeply. And I, <laughs> since then have learned that that is absolutely not the case and how foundational it is really to our, our mental health, our relational health with our, our, you know, spouses, our partners, our kids. Um, so really. Absolutely. It's like that anchor, right? Like we, and it's what we were talking about last time when we had our conversation as well. It's not the surface level tidying or, you know, like that, we're not going for that kind of angle. And then we were talking about why it's so important for the highly sensitive community as well, like in particular, the Komari method. And I see Tidy Milso here as well. Hi, thank you so much. She's also a Komari <laughs> consultant as well. So I'm so happy to see her here. And, you know, like, I, I think just to get started, like for people who aren't familiar with um, the highly sensitive community or uh, what Komari is like I was thinking like why don't we just start off with some myth busters I'm sure these are some things that you hear really often about you know it's not about shyness right yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. so I can start um so f for those who don't know HSP is stands for highly sensitive person and this was a term that a researcher a psychologist named Dr. Elaine Aaron coined um I want to say it was back in the 90s and one of the myths that comes around a lot, and I actually see it pop up even on highly sensitive person, you know, centric Instagram pages is that um, being a highly sensitive person is a, is a disorder or a diagnosis, or a lot of people think, and I don't agree with this, so maybe other people think this too, but um, that it is part of the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm or that it overlaps with, um, or that it's sort of part of like ADHD or that, that, that it's kind of should be considered one of these diagnoses. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the research is pretty strong that it's, it's simply just a collection of traits mm -hmm. um, that is uh, it's evolutionarily conserved, meaning that it's beneficial mm -hmm. to the humanity to have people who are highly yeah. sensitive because we, we kind of are visionaries. We can see nuances mm -hmm. that other people can't see. We have empathy. Yeah. We can um, kind of see what's what is for the greater good. So in mm -hmm. terms of leadership and um, forward thinking, and um, I mean just being democratic <laughs> and, and considering the needs of everybody. Yes, it's really a wonderful skill, uh, a trait that we bring to to our communities and to our ourselves. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And like, you know, you're able to think and process more deeply yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that that could also have the the drawback, which is that you get overstimulated yeah. very, very easily, too. So it, it, it is a type of neurodivergency, isn't it? Yeah, I consider mm -hmm. it that. Yeah, yeah, I think that that language is, is newer, like it wasn't around yeah. when HSP was first discovered. But I absolutely consider it along with autism mm -hmm. spectrum and um, ADHD and, and other, you know, similar things, part of neurodivergency, and I don't even know that those things should be considered, you know, mm -hmm. disorders so much no. as just, hey, we're, our brains that work differently, how can we work with, how, how can we manage, and for HSP as you named yeah. it, how can we manage the parts of it that are difficult or that, like, don't mesh well with the world that we yes. live in, and overstimulation <laughs> is, yeah. is the main one for mo most HSPs. Um, you know, and, and how do we leverage mm -hmm. the, the gifts and the skills that we can bring so for any type of Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think that's so beautiful, like how you portray it, because, you know, one of the things that I learned, like being an HSP mom, and you are one as well, and I'm also raising like two HSP children too, is that, um, you know, like your sensitivity can be strengthened, but mm -hmm. because we live in a society where what this is, HSPs are about 20%, would you say? Yes, population. That's so like, you know, we're living in a world where it's catering to the 80%. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think especially in more industrialized countries, like I'm in San Diego, and yeah. we have giant like t 10, 12 lane freeways. And oh my gosh, like yes. So <laughs> billboards everywhere. It's like so much intensity that I think yeah. people who are not HSPs might just sort of be like, da, 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 and like, not, just think of it as part of the yeah. background. But for my brain, it's like, oh, oh, like there's just, it's all stimulation. Totally. At me. Yes. Yeah, and it adds up. So. And it's it's so funny that you mentioned that because for my first ever driving lesson, the instructor took me out on a LA freeway. Oh. Like, and it's like coming from someone who has like never based, never driven a car before, you know? That's <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then now looking back, you know, cause I really shamed myself oh, um, at that time. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I see it. I was like, you know what? Like that just, that guy just wasn't the right instructor for me. That's you know? Yeah. What a great reframe. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, you know, I, I love this because it's like, what you're saying is, you know, we get to celebrate our uniqueness as well. And like, you know, to, um, bring it into the Komari realm is that like if we're talk talking about myths like one of the things that I get very often is people are always they think that Komari is minimalism mm -hmm. and they also think that it means that you can only have a set amount or you have to have a certain look as mm -hmm. well but what we're actually doing the method actually celebrates uniqueness so if you're a maximalist and you absolutely love everything that you have in your home like genuinely then that's what sparks joy for you, right? And just because Marie Kondo, she has that minimalist look, that doesn't mean that you have to embrace that aesthetic. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like, you know, it's like, you know, you get those clickbait. So people are like, oh yeah, she says that you can only have 10 books. And it's like, actually, that's so not true at all, right? <laughs> yeah. And so like people were like, you know, rag on that. But it's like, no, that's not true at all. Like if you like, you just do what works for you. And I think especially for people who are HSPs and empaths as well, um, I, when I approach the Komari method with clients, it's, I use it as a self-awareness tool because, you know, we all know that gratitude is good for you. We all know that letting go is good for you, but just like having to go to the gym, if you don't actually work out, if you don't actually step into the gym, 
um, you're not actually practicing it. Like knowing and doing are two different things. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, our homes, I reframe it as like our home is that training ground where we get to practice letting go. We get to practice gratitude yeah. as well. Yeah. And then so, yeah. And then it's really about like honoring what works for you. So you also develop confidence because you practice saying yes to the things that light you up and you practice saying no with gratitude for the things that don't serve you. Mm -hmm. And I think especially as like, you know, people who are highly sensitive, we're constantly, you know, like bending over backwards to try to fit into this world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so challenging. Yeah. And then you're yeah. made to feel like the weirdo, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like that, that whole thing about like, okay, like, you know, especially let's say, for example, like going to concerts, right? Like that, like people are like, oh yeah, you're supposed to love going to concerts and festivals and stuff. But like from a young age, I was just like, no, that's not my thing. Yeah. But you kind of like force yourself to like fit into that mold right. as well. And then I, I think now when I'm, especially if, as I'm raising two young children who are highly sensitive, um, it's all about giving them that confidence so that they can say no with ease to the things that don't serve them, right? And it, it starts from being able to practice with our own belongings. Mm -hmm. So when we do it the Komari way, we're always starting with what brings you joy. Mm -hmm. So oh. we're not coming from that scarcity mindset because, you know, it, it, and it's interesting because you're a, you're a psychotherapist yourself too. It's like, you know, when we are, when, when, when we start, um, by choosing positively, mm -hmm. then people feel at ease, right? They're not like, they don't get their defense mechanisms up. So that's also why the method isn't about like, oh, you can only have five t-shirts, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we start from like, oh, choose your favorite things. And then you feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, like those other things, they don't necessarily compare. You're like, oh, I can let go of those so much easier just simply because I have these things. These are like my hall of fame items, right? right? Yeah. So then you, you're not starting from like, oh, what do you want to get rid of? You're starting from what do you want to keep? Yeah. And then yeah. so, yeah. And that's like with children as well. Like I often say like, you know, with children or people who have challenges letting go, then it's, it just gives them, we have to just hold space. Like, so that's also another myth that I want to bust as well, which is, you know, sometimes when I'm working with clients, like the partners will be like, oh my gosh, Rebecca's coming. Is she going to, you know, make me throw away everything? I'm like, no, that's not the method at all. Like I'm there to guide. I'm like a personal trainer, basically. I'm not going to do the workout for you. You know, like I'll be there to like guide you. Yeah. But like you have to, um, you have to do the work. You have to make the choices. I'll have clients who will be like, how does this look? What do you think about this? And I'm like, nope, you go and look in the mirror yourself. And then how does it make you feel? Oh. Oh, it's well, it's so empowering to, to approach it that way. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder, you know, how people, I think people are um, influenced by, by media around psychotherapy and probably these, I was thinking of the show, What Not to Wear. I don't know yeah. if you ever watched mm -hmm. that back in the yeah. day, but they were like so mean. They'd be like, no, this whole thing that goes, it's going yeah. to happen. Someone would be like crying, like, no, that's like, it's so sentimental. And they'd be like, it's too ugly. Yeah. Too bad. Like, yeah. it was just so harsh. That's and Absolutely. in the long run, it's really not teaching anyone anything. So I, I love, I love yeah. how there's so many parallels really between the work that you do and the, yes. and the work that I do as a therapist and a coach. Um, <clears throat> and I think that the biggest one that I'm hearing is teaching people to, to honor. That's yeah. I'm like all about that word right mm -hmm. now. To honor what they 
are really needing. So, so yes. whether that's like a sensation, whether that's like just a deep inner knowing yeah. of here's what I want, yeah. or my body is just saying no yeah. to, you know, this person or this situation yeah. or adding this to my schedule. But you're absolutely right that a lot of HSTs, um, and, and I am like this actually with my belongings too, now that I think about it to some degree, where I'm like, oh, look, I just, I, I, I don't want to disappoint that person or yes. like, oh, but I do like this. Like, it's not as important, but I do like it. And it's hard for me to let go because I kind of yeah. have this emotional attachment that comes up, mm -hmm. even though part of me deep down knows this is not this doesn't need to be part of my life right yeah. now. Uh, but it, yeah. It's, and it's, it's all about honoring. Yeah. You know, cause I always say like, okay, if it feels a little bit sticky and a little bit tricky, it's okay. Like keep it with confidence or we let it go. So if you're not able to let it go, that's totally cool too. Right. keep it because it's also, you know, as humans, we keep on evolving, we keep on changing. So something that served you three months ago might not serve you now. Yeah. So we always do in Komari speak, we always do the joy checking. So joy checking is the maintenance. Like tidying festival is when you do the foundational work. I love when and it's called the festival. I've never yeah. heard that language before. Yeah, but it's and so it's, it's language so matters, right? Celebratory. Yes. And so like in Japanese, it's actually it's a direct translation from Japanese. So it's katatsuke matsuri. Mm. So that's literally tidying festival because again, there's a lot of positive psychology infused in it. So she wants it to be something that you look forward to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you. Typically, people are like, oh, decluttering, having to, like, you know, tidy up, all that kind of stuff. They have an aversion to it, but it's also, it is deep-rooted yeah. because, you know, we might have had really negative experiences mm -hmm. growing up. Like, you know, you might have been yelled at to tidy up, mm -hmm. right? Like, or you might have come home from school one day and, like, all of your belongings had been, like, you know, like someone had thrown away your, yeah. some, your belongings, right? Yeah. Or it's daunting to make some of those changes too, right? With yeah. when, you, when you're looking at like so, something that is really cluttered or that you know you haven't dealt with in a yes. long time, there's this, at least for me, there's sometimes this sort of psychological burden of like, how long is this going to take? And yeah. Super messy and I love, I love that you're bringing up that time factor because it's something that I, I bring up all the time. I always say like, time yourself. Because mm -hmm. when we put it into perspective, then we mm -hmm. realize we're like, oh, I actually wasted so much energy thinking mm -hmm. about it. Oh, I'll just do it later. I'll just do it later. And that amount of time and energy spent is actually less than, you know, yeah. like the amount of time that is taken to do it. So it might be like only like an hour and a half. And you're just like, wow, like I accomplished so much yeah. in that short period of time. Right. And then. Right. You're just like, oh, it's really my mind. And so like when I'm coaching my clients and stuff too, like oftentimes I'll just tell them, like put it, when you put it into a time frame, then you're just like, oh, okay. Like, because it's not just about our stuff, right? Like we become really conscious about what you bring into your home, but also your lifestyle, what you put in your body, you know, your mm -hmm. thoughts as well. You're just more conscious about like, oh, is this something, is this a habit mm -hmm. to keep or something to let go right. of? as well like are these thoughts still serving me too mm -hmm. so then when you're able to just be like oh, okay like um like even just something simple it's like okay i see this um typically you'll be like oh, okay i'm gonna just do it later it's like at pause and reframe to just be like okay do i have the energy do i have two minutes if it takes me less than two minutes to do it, just do it right and right. then you you're also leaning into um the things that actually increase your oxytocin and your endorphins as well oh, oh yeah. Cool. yeah so it's like you know it's 
especially as people who are like HSPs and like empaths, you know, it's like, you know, you're overstimulated really easily. So it's all about these tiny little things. These are like all the life hacks, right? To be like, okay, we can get ourselves back to baseline or like top ourselves up, charge ourselves up with these tiny little acts. Like even just the, just looking at clutter increases your cortisol levels. Right. So, you know what I'm thinking, I'm wondering if the flip side is true because I sometimes when, when I declutter or when I go through and, um, and I'm not KonMari certified, but I'm so interested in the process and I've read her Marie Kondo's book. And, um, but when I see, for example, like a blank space where there used to be clutter or like a beautiful, like vignette of just a couple things that really spark joy for me. Yes. I almost experienced like the opposite of the cortisol oh. level. So it must be, yeah, oh, yeah it calms you. It actually calms you. It calms your nervous system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel calmer. And yes. I also, you know, when I'm really like tuned in with myself, I feel gratitude to myself yes. for creating, for taking the yes. time to do that. And it, it, I wonder if it, it must create sort of a feedback loop. That it does. It absolutely does. And then, so we lean into that, right? Mm-hmm. So then we have to actually make it into a habit. So like when I do like, my when I work with private clients or when I do corporate workshops and stuff as well I'm always telling them like um you know sometimes we get so stuck like we get like tunnel vision like when especially when we're on the computer like you know that driven doing mode of mind and it's like sometimes like we have to actually step away from it and when we're doing something with our hands whether it be like tidying up or decluttering just 10 minutes of it it actually calms your nervous system and it helps you to get your mind into like an alpha state of mind as well because it calms you so then that's where like you get those flashes of brilliance mm. you know it's like when you take a yeah. shower right like you yeah. get so calm right yeah like that's one of my favorite ways to like regulate as well. yeah oh my gosh and that's something i tell my hsp clients a yeah. lot of the time it's just like even just water in general, right? Even if it's just running your hands underwater or splashing your face with water, if you can hop in a shower bath for 10 minutes, like, yeah, it's good for our bodies. That's like my, (laughs) um, that's actually like my quiet zone, you know? Especially with kids. Yeah, Yeah. especially with kids. And like, you know, so because on your website, you actually have the free printables as well, like five tips to manage overstimulation Mm -hmm. for HSP parents. So like, I love how in that like for anyone who's on this or watching the replay as well, check out the website, highlysensitiveparenthood.com because then you can, you know, sign up and not only get the free printable, but you can also get a discount to your courses, which is right, for highly yeah. sensitive parents and also for raising HSP children, mm-hmm. right? Which is so needed. So yeah, like, and one of them, I'm not going to give everything away because obviously like go and download it, but <laughs> one of them was creating quiet zones. And I loved how you wrote that because it, there's so many parallels with it, with the Komari method. Cause it's, um, when we create those clutter free zones, we actually call it power spots. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. So it's like, you know, it, it literally charges you up, right? Like you have your little corners. So whether it be that corner for like children or like for me, it's like my shower or like being in the garden as well. Like literally being in that little, so like your whole house can be a power spot, but sure. when you have those little zones as well, it really helps you to just regulate mm-hmm. and just feel calm. Like it's like our, ex- mm-hmm. our environment can have a direct impact on Absolutely. our nervous system. Right. And I, I think especially for parents of young kids, my kids are a little older now. They're uh, just turned six and nine. Yeah. So I can a little more easily say, oh, just go tidy up their room yeah. or like, hey, you know, pick this up. But when my kids were little, like babies, toddlers, clutter was just, unfortunately, it was a yeah. part of life. Like it, it would, it would ebb and flow certainly, but it, but it took a lot of effort to mm-hmm. kind of create it, it to make my entire house 
a power yeah. zone, so yeah. to speak, right? So that is actually, yeah, one of the tips that I, that I give in the worksheet and to my clients as well is um, find at least one space in your house that you can kind of maintain pretty well. And yeah. so for, for me, when my kids were little, that was my bedroom. Yeah. And it made sense for me to make it extra soothing. Like I'm actually sitting in it right now because we have a house guest in the um, guest room, but I painted this beautiful little arch in like a mm -hmm. kind of a bluish greenish color. And it's, I have some soft lighting and it's just a very pleasant place yeah. to be even when, and, and when I find myself getting overwhelmed, like we had, um, like a part of a big birthday party for family and friends this past weekend. And we had 25 people mm -hmm. in our 1200 square foot house. Yeah. So it was, it was intense. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to explain more than that. It was intense. Yeah, exactly. And I, I get it. I get it. I've been there. <laughs> and I was I, thankfully taking my own advice and, um, and my husband knows to kind of check in on me in these moments. And he was like, Hey, like, are you doing okay? At the beginning of the party, Aww. I was like, I think I'm going to go lay down for like 10 minutes. And there are people already there. And here's another thing that is super big for HSPs and parents um, is giving yourself permission. So I gave myself permission to take 10 minutes to come upstairs to my, to my power zone, to my, yeah. my quiet space, um, to really uh, center myself, to just calm down. And I, I wasn't even necessarily doing anything really specific. I think I laid down and maybe took some deep breaths with an essential oil and I, I read for 10 minutes. Yeah. They're guests in my house. Yeah. But I knew I was going to be more present, more connected with my kids, yes. uh, less grumpy if I took that time. And I did the same thing on the flip side of the party. And so it's, I think it's one of those things when, when we're, when the HSP um, people pleaser part yeah. comes out, which is true for a lot of HSPs, we can not give ourselves permission to take yes. what we need. And then it ends up backfiring for ourselves, ends up backfiring for other people too. And so it's one of the really, um, like someone said earlier, it's like easier said than done, like so important to understand, but like yeah. hard to actually execute. But I do think that when we have these clutter-free spaces and when yeah. we are practicing, as you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. um, listening to ourselves and what sparks joy and what doesn't and practicing saying no, even to like physical, tangible objects, it makes it easier yes. for us to, to learn how to do that with, with people, with situations, yeah. um, more kind of complicated things that really serves us well as, as parents. And, and oh, oh, absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you because I've been doing that a lot as well, because, you know, it's like having nonstop guests over too. And it's just like, you know what, like, not overthinking it because I think as HSPs and empaths, like you do tend to overthink like, Oh, what do they think of me? I'm so rude. And then there's like the negative self talk st start to creep in. So like with, when we do it with the Komari way, because we have to let go of gratitude, that's our whole thing, right? Like the mm -hmm. philosophy behind it. Um, so when we're able to reframe it and we're letting go positively, it also helps to rewire our brain as well. So it doesn't become so self-deprecating, you know, like for like one of the examples I like to give is like, okay, you're, and this comes up a lot, especially with not only female clients, but predominantly female clients, they'll be like, oh, I'm too fat for this. I'm going to let this go. Mm. And then, so then I'm like, no pause, let's reframe it. It's like, oh, thank you. I now know that this style is not suitable for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it just becomes really neutral. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's where everything changes, right? And, um, okay, so according to a German study, there is 10,000 items on average in your household, but that's German, sorry. So, and then like, I read another report recently, which was apparently UK is like around 300,000 items in a household. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm sure US is just off the chart. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's probably really similar yeah. as well. But like, imagine if you're asking yourself, like, 
does this spark joy? Does this spark joy? And you're doing this like, you know, over a hundred thousand times. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to rewire your brain. Like you're going to be looking at things from the, the lens of gratitude, right? Cause yeah. you have to be grateful. You're like, okay, I'm choosing things that spark most joy. Right. And there's like, Oh, you know what? This doesn't really spark joy anymore. And that's okay. I'm practicing letting go. Right. Like, or, Oh, that felt really sticky. Like six months ago, I couldn't let that go, but now I'm ready. It's yeah. like the emotional readiness. Right. So it's, it really changes. Like, you know, so as you, practice this more like and I see it with my kids because they've been practicing this since they were two years old hmm. and then so they're able to, to you know like I was what what I do like I was watching like the Glastonbury concert on tv with like my eldest and then I was like would you like to go to a concert she's like no like why would you you know she's like the bathroom <laughs> looks so far she's like super practical as well and she's like why would you if you're standing in the middle of the crowd you won't even be able to see the stage and it's like you know too many people and I was like cool you know like I was like really proud of her that she's able to um she's able to align herself with what serves her yes. and what lights you up because I think you know like when we prepare like children, but also like, you know, I work with a lot of elderly as well as like senior mm -hmm. citizens where they never gave themselves permission mm -hmm. to be able to say no to the things that don't serve them. Right. And then like, you know, the example that you gave earlier, which is about the, um, like, you know, we get gifts, like that's one of the top questions that mm -hmm. comes up all the time, which is, Oh, like, you know, we keep things out of guilt. Mm -hmm. We're like, Oh, like, you know, this so-and-so gave this to me, so I should keep this. And it's like, no, like, um, and Marie Kondo says this as well, which is that when the, when the gift has been exchanged, then the energy exchange is complete. Mm. So you become the true owner of the gift. I love that. You can decide what to do with it. Like the intention and the purpose of the gift has been fulfilled already. Yeah. So then, yeah. you know, don't keep out of guilt. And like, you know, when you, when you live somewhere where, where there's like a lot of charity shops and stuff, you can also be grateful. Oh, I'm giving the, passing this forward to someone who needs it. I often say like, you know, keep a gifting box. Like mm. we can also um destigmatize the notion of regifting. Yeah. You know? It's like we don't need so much stuff. Like and my five year old I'm not five year old, she's like seven now. I keep <laughs> referring to her as five. You know, it's one of those like pandemic things that like you forget people's ages. <laughs> so she's yeah, seven yeah. now. And then she's like, you know, she had her birthday party recently. And then so what we normally do is like, you know, we want to be able to amplify that um that act mm -hmm. and so what we'll do is we'll actually go through it we take pictures so that i can thank the people individually um via text mm -hmm. and then we went through it again to be like okay which ones actually spark joy for you mm -hmm. you know and then the other ones then we put it away to donate mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. to give to people who will enjoy it more yeah yeah and it's like the i think like in the society that we live in today it's so much about consuming and accumulating mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh it's also about you get to define what is enough for you you know like if you're a fashionista then you're gonna have a bigger wardrobe than someone who isn't mm -hmm. and that's okay because we're all about celebrating that uniqueness right and you get to like when you're when you go through this process you're a lot more intentional and mindful about what you bring into your home and your life mm -hmm. So, which is why, like, the, the line. yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, it's not, because it's so easy to get um, caught up in the marketing narrative, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, especially, like, places like Western, not only Western countries, everywhere now, like, especially mm -hmm. in, the, in the advent of, like, online shopping, one, mm -hmm. you know, one-click purchase, right? Right. 
so we're what we're doing is like actually you know what we can be a lot more we can be a lot more slower and intentional like not just consuming mindlessly because i think especially as like hsps as well you know when you're when you're feeling um when you're feeling like dysregulated it's so easy to lean into the maladaptive coping mechanisms and that might be looking like oh you know binge eating binge watching yeah. You know, I used to be a shopaholic mm-hmm. because I just kept on trying to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's also why, like, I love this method so much because I grew up in a really tidy household. Mm-hmm. But I realized that, like, when we're looking at it from that view of, like, scarcity versus, oh, I don't have enough versus, like, oh, I have enough. Yeah. That shifts yeah. your perspective on everything because right. then you're just like, oh, you know, I'm content. And contentment leads to happiness. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm thinking too, as you were talking, I was thinking about how, how this perspective of being grateful for things yes. that are, that once served you or once were part of your life or once were something you yeah. loved and no longer serve that. I mean, my mind goes right to sort of like grief and a lot of people don't, don't mm-hmm. necessarily, and, and maybe there is some of that that comes up with items, but I think too yeah. about you know, relationships, um, and I'm sure especially yes. the items that are tied to relationships, right. That have a sentimental value. Yeah. Um, but it really, I think teaches a valuable lesson, the, the KonMari method of, of saying, you know, thank you, or yeah. like, you, you know, you served your purpose and now I'm passing you along to, you know, spark joy for someone else. Um, I'm even thinking about that. Now this takes a truly evolved person and, and some work, but you know, for example, when a relationship ends, a friendship yes. or, or, a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a partnership, a dating relationship or a marriage, um, it can take uh, some, uh, some time to get there, but the people who are able to do that, or at least find moment yeah. of, you know what, I can, I am not, I don't need to view this as a failure. Yeah. I don't need to look at this whole experience of this whole relationship or this whole parenting thing, even as mm-hmm. I've just failed. I, you know, I need to feel guilty. I, it's irredeemable yeah. or what a lot, you know, this loss, but can I see at least parts of it as, you know, that taught me something about myself or that I had so many joyful moments or joyful experiences with that person, that item, that, uh, you know, experience. experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so it really is, it's a, it's a lesson that I see over and over people really benefit from learning yeah. and, Again, I just love the the embodied aspect of, yes. of doing this. Um, I liked when you mentioned earlier about sort of like the tangible and how, how that cal- it calms the nervous system even yeah. to sort of like, you know, fold things for, or, yeah. or, or go through, touch things because it brings in this like sensory yes. that a lot of us, um, you know, here I am sitting in front of my computer right now, for example, and there's like, the sensory is not, I'm not tuned into that. I'm yeah. tuned into the screen, mm-hmm, but you know, when I'm able to pause and, you know, deal with the laundry or, mm-hmm. um, or cooking or, you know, tidying, yeah. there is this, like this bodily engagement that I yes. think if we, if we bring intention to it, and if we really are mindful as we're doing it, yeah. it really can teach us a lot about, um, what, fe- what sparks joy for us, 100%. what does not spark joy mm-hmm. for us. Um, and, and just being present too, which is yes. something that a lot of HSP parents and a lot of just people in general, um, can struggle with because when we're overstimulated, when there's a lot going on, when there's things around us mm-hmm. that in our schedule or mm-hmm. homes that don't spark yeah. joy, that is such a suck on our energy oh, yeah. and our attention. Totally. So. And it's like a mindful activity as well. And we don't get that a lot now where 
like you know it's one of like the the very few screen-free activities now so when i'm yeah. teaching parents like how to work with their children as well i often frame it as like it's this bonding time because you not only get to learn what what lights your children up yeah. you also like you know from a practical note because you know what sparks joy for them you also save a ton of money too yeah. Because you're not just mindlessly purchasing, right? Like, so, you know, when I have parents who are like, also, you know, they'll feel overwhelmed by the things that are coming into the house, too. Then I often say, like, you know, the, the, you know, the hard truth is that you are the gatekeeper, mm -hmm. you know, like, either you're purchasing it, or, you know, other people are purchasing it, but you, you can actually um you know step into your power to decide what works for your, your family you can like kindly tell people that like oh you know you prefer not to have these kinds of gifts or you know make a donation yeah. to charity and stuff whatever it is right and it just makes it so much easier to control the inflow so like for families who go through this process you just become really in tune with what's coming into your house you also have a full mental audit of everything that you have in your house so you're not buying repeats Mm -hmm. or you know you're it's like you know even just practical things like going to the grocery store but if you don't know what you have in your pantry then you might end up buying a lot of repeats and then that turns into food wastage mm -hmm. right so like it's and then these are the things that will actually these are the energy drainers so like mm -hmm. especially as hsps and like empaths and we need to be so conscious it's kind of like that um you know like if you have that visual of a battery right like it's like the conversations that we have can either charge us up or to or can sap us the conversations that we have with ourselves can also do that right and oh, um, and like all the activities too so it's like the our space will be a sanctuary and then and then we're able to because doing the inner work mm -hmm. is hard mm -hmm. and i'm sure you see it with all of your clients as well who are like you know you're putting in so much effort to do th you know to go to therapy and do all of this like you know personal development like growth mm -hmm. but then if your space isn't supporting you mm -hmm. then you're already waking up like you have the intention to work out but you can't even find your workout gear right, right? like you open your drawer it's a mess so that's already raising your cortisol levels and already depleting your energy so it's just these tiny little things that are within our control you know like because when the world outside isn't making sense you know there's so many things that are, are out of our control but this is something that is within our control and it also is a way to boost our happiness hormones as well right right yeah it's i mean it's to me it's like a no-brainer when you when you're facing it like that it's like oh my gosh this has an impact on mental health it has an yeah. impact on just your day-to-day -day experience of life yeah. um i know for me it certainly impacts the way that i'm able to engage with my kids yes. um for example no, this is a little different but when my um we have a house cleaner thankfully come every yeah. couple of weeks i'm very grateful for that um and after you know the day or two after that i'm like oh like i i don't have all of these things to, to yeah. do there's not like you know my tension's not going here and there like oh that's dusty oh i need to wipe that down yeah. And I'm able to actually relax and be present with my family yeah. in a way that, in a way that really is more accessible than when the house is cluttered. Like for example, after the after the party, right? It's just like yeah. there's stuff everywhere, and mm -hmm. I I can't fully be be relaxed until a lot of that's taken care of. Now that takes me back to like having those zones yes. that are because sometimes we don't want to get caught in this like situation where we're like I can't relax until everything yep. looks perfect yeah. or feels calm. And sometimes we have to say, you know what? No, like I deserve to, to, to take a break or my family. I want to be yeah. there for my family um, or I need to do this other thing. Let me calm this space 
space or, or relocate myself yes. to a calm space. And it could be outdoors. Mm -hmm. I, I also do active nature-based yeah. therapy in my psychotherapy practice. And so sometimes it's just removing yourself from, from your home space and, you know, oh, sitting totally. under a tree or looking out the window for a minute to resetting and saying, you know what? Yes, things are not pristine, but I'm going to choose to be present as present as I possibly can. And so that's kind of, um, I would say like an exception, to a little bit or a nuance to what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, it's also because when you're in tune with your body and what you need, you might be like, okay, you know what, I just need to be outside right now. And because now we live in Edinburgh, where we have nature right at our doorsteps as well. Mm -hmm. And I've lived in cities my whole life. So I never knew like how healing it is until now. Yeah. And it's like one of my go to sometimes I'll just, just be like, okay, we're just gonna go for like a quick little hike. Yeah. And we do that often, like to just break up the day as well. And it just charges you up. And then like, you know, when you're, when we're, when our space supports us, it's you're not living in a showroom, right? Like a show flat. So if it gets messy, and it will because you have a family, mm -hmm. but you have this confidence and knowledge that at the end of the day, everyone pitches in because there is a system in place. Everyone just picks up and like, you know, resets the house together. Yeah. So it also becomes a shared responsibility. Mm -hmm. So it's not all on the mother's shoulders because, you know, traditionally speaking, that's what you know it becomes mom's roles right and i often find i often work with like very tired frustrated moms who feel like they have to do everything and i'm like no like actually by you doing everything you're taking away the opportunity for the kids to practice they might not do it perfectly but through its muscle memory like if we don't give them the opportunity to practice and then when we have that system in place it becomes easier for them to be like hey the scissors aren't put back um mm -hmm. can you put put it back to where it belongs, you know? And it's like the language matters, right? Like not saying like, oh, why can't you put anything back? Why are you so messy? Mm -hmm. So then that's also another thing that we work through because we keep the language really neutral. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes like, you know, people's defense mechanisms don't come up. It doesn't become a negative experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so that, that's where like, you know, then it just becomes part of, uh, it just becomes like, um like natural like it just becomes easy to do right because we it's like uh, it is a muscle we do need to work it right right yeah right. so it's, it's allows, interesting i love how it allows for buy-in from yeah children or partners or whoever else you live with too because i i also work with a lot of very overwhelmed yeah stretched thin moms who um yeah, who are frustrated and, and it can take some real intention to not in practice to not get up. I'm just thinking about this weekend. I have a, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and my nine-year-old, he, he loves, he's my highly sensitive kiddo. He yeah. loves attention. He likes to kind of like engage me in different things. He asks a lot of, um, he asks for help a lot and, but he's perfectly capable of doing a lot of these things. And so I really, this weekend, for some reason, I just felt inspired to like, to instead verbally sort of instru instruct him or remind him, hey, yeah. mommy, can you help me with this? And I said, well, how would you, could you go get the step stool and put that decoration up yourself? Mm -hmm. And he was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I can. And he has the energy yeah. to do it. He has the motivation to do it. He has his the vision in his head. It just is, it is a practice for me to say, oh, can you do that? Yes. And I, I've started to do the more of the same thing with yeah like household stuff too. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, before we have dinner, I, I want you guys to go tidy up the living room um, or tidy up your bedroom. 
And a lot of the time, um, you know, once they get used to doing it, it's not, it doesn't take them long and they feel yeah. good about doing it. Absolutely. Too. Um, and it's really honing in on that too, right? Like drilling that yeah. part in because, you know, like even today, because I'm out with my friend today, mm -hmm. like who's visiting. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, girls, like, okay. So like side story, like my girls, <laughs> um, like my eldest has like chicken pox, right? So Aww. then they're like at home, like watching a lot of TV and stuff, which I'm fine. You know, it's like, you know, if, if there's any time to be like binge watching, it's like to distract yourself. And I'm like, it's fine. I was like, but you know what? Like, here's the laundry. Could you guys put it back? And like, you know, just reset the room before you guys start your afternoon viewing. And then at first they're kind of like, eh, you know, and then I was like, and then after they're done, cause I was like, Hey, I'm going to be gone all day. So I want to make sure that this is done. And after they're done, I was like, yeah, now how good does it feel? Like yeah. it feels like a reward, right? Like you're watching now the room is reset. And then you also do get that boost of dopamine as well, right. as well from completing a task too. Yeah. So then when they're able to lean into like recognize that like, Oh, there is that feel good factor. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it to please me. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so I try to make like I, I'm I try my best to like make sure that they're not doing it in order to please right. me because you know the people pleasing tendencies come out right around right. this age as well. Mm -hmm. So then it's like no, do it for yourself, right? Right, and I think too to um to have to highlight for them. Oh, doesn't it, you know does it feel good? Yeah. It reminds me of my my older son will. I'll have him, you know, to help to tidy the room and then he'll like smooth out our couch cushions yeah, yeah. and like arrange them. Yeah. And I swear he can do it better than I can even. Aww. He doesn't do it every time, but, but he, I don't ask him to do that. He does yeah. it because he has some sense of satisfaction yes. that things look tidy, yeah. that it looks beautiful and smooth. And, um, and he, and he, he feels good when I notice it and he feels good, you know, being in a space that feels like yes. that. And so I think it's training, you know, especially kids and honestly yeah. for me, especially having two boys, I'm like, I want them to learn to grow up and be, you know, if they're with women, I want them to be yeah. equal partners in, yeah. in household management. And so this is part it's of a, that for me too. It's a service to society. Yeah. Like I say this all the time to like my clients with, and friends with like, who are, not, who are like boy moms as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, no, like they need to know how to do all these things because we need to like break the cycle yeah. that's this is all on the woman, right? And I love what you said too, because it's like, you know, um, the dopamine actually comes from the act itself, mm -hmm. not from the act actually finishing too. So mm -hmm. like when we're able to help them to lean into it, then it just becomes like, you know, there's something that they will crave, right? And then they're able to, you know, it's like sometimes it's okay if like things are messy. It's like, then I'll just be like, okay, like after school, like I'll uh, like have to really restrain myself to not tidy the room. You know? <laughs> And I'll be like, okay, like, how does it make you feel to walk into your room? Mm -hmm. Like, I won't, you know, it's like not being like, oh, like, why are you so messy? Why can't you tidy up? You know, like, of course, like, that might come out from like time to time. But as a parent, it's also my journey to be able to communicate like positively and effectively, constructively to them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then this is where we can support them, especially for people who has like HSP children too, mm -hmm. because it's when we're not cultivating that from a young age, that means that they're going to be, be, you know, like the, the, um, the noise that's surrounding them and in their own minds as well, just becomes like too loud for them mm -hmm. to be able to cope with. And then other people's opinions and, you know, their preferences becomes more important than your own. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's like all of these, these things. And I, um, like, well, one, one thing I, I do want to say one more thing is like, since we are talking about kids before we jump off the call as well is, um, you know, for parents who are exploring this method, then make sure that one of the things to reflect.
frame is not to say when you let go of these things, then you can get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So again, because when the reward is, is a bigger dopamine hit than the actual act itself, then they'll override the act. Mm -hmm. So like, if, okay. if, if, if then like, if you're always like trying to entice kids to declutter and let go of things by telling them that they can, you know, cause that's not the point of it. Right. Like, so when I work with children, I'll be like, you know, we can get something if we see a gap, we sure. can get something if it's something that needs to be upgraded. Mm -hmm. So then when mm -hmm. we have to be really mindful about this because then otherwise they're, they won't declutter unless you're buying them something, right? Yeah. 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 And that's not okay. the point of it. That's not the point. Like actually what we're trying to be doing is like, you know, we're trying to consume less, right? Yeah. <laughs> the same age, yeah. Right. You, yeah. More thoughtful and mindful. Yeah. And, and then you, yeah, they'll be able to recognize like what enough means. And so in Komari Speak, we actually get this. It's called the click point, too. So most of the time, like, when people see the amount of stuff that they have, then, like, that mountain, if you've seen the um, the Netflix show, then you'll see that pile, that huge mountain. Then people will be like, wow, I have enough. <laughs> and so even my nine-year-old, she had this epiphany just a couple months ago. Like, when we were, when we were joy-checking her toys, she was like, I have enough toys. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Wow. So, and that's beautiful because, you know, it is, it is human nature to want more, right? To mm -hmm. desire more. But when we're able to be mindful and to be able to recognize that, like, we have more than enough, you know, then it's, it, I, I don't know, I, hopefully this will help them oh in their God. future as well. Yeah. I, I absolutely think it will. And, I, you know, thinking about how I am raising my kids and have sort of this, like, mental health perspective, yeah. um, it's, it just dovetails so perfectly with the work that you yeah. do. It is, but it's about environmental and tangible, but also it's, it is spiritual yes. and it's relational and it's emotional too. Um, it's just sort of like a more, a little bit more of a visible, tangible side yeah. of, of what um, I'm Yeah. And I, I think it goes so well hand in hand because it's like, you know, you're doing like, you're going to therapy, but then it's also, we got to do the work in between the therapy sessions too. Yeah. Right. And then that's really what helps you to spearhead your, mm -hmm. um, your healing journey, you know? Right. So, and yeah. So I'm, thank you so much for like, you know, joining this talk today. Cause I know you have a call after this too. So I'm really conscious I of the time. Do, but I, I do. I do. Thank you for being mindful. I was just going to say, um, and I think the cool thing about, even though we live, you know, many, many time zones apart, I'm in California, yeah. um, West coast of the U S and you're in, in Scotland. Yeah. Um, you work virtually too. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, yeah, me. <laughs> absolutely. And, I, and absolutely. for coaching, yeah, for coaching for HSPs, um, I see people globally for therapy. It's just California residents. Yeah. So people know that. So theoretically you could work with both of us. Oh, absolutely. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I'll drop it into like, I'll, after this live is done, I'll also drop it into the description as well. That's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Thank you so much, Amy, for the talk today. It's always such a pleasure and always so mind expanding. Yeah, <laughs> to with you. connect with you again as well. And I hope that everybody gets a lot out of it. If you have any questions or want to connect, um, you can find me at Highly Sensitive Parenthood on Instagram and yeah. also Inner Nature Therapy on Instagram. And my websites are just the same as that. So perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. Have an awesome day. Thank I will chat you. soon. Okay, Thanks for joining us on the Highly Sensitive Parenthood podcast. For more resources, including our blog, toolkit, and online course for highly sensitive parents, visit Highly Sensitive Parenthood.